Today's message is titled, Filling Your Life with the Scriptures. I want us to look at what the Bible says about our need for God's Word and about how we can most effectively use God's Word in our lives and how we can get to know it better. First, I want to talk about the benefits of the Scriptures, and then we're going to talk about five important ways to digest the Scriptures. The list of ways to digest the Scriptures that I have isn't necessarily comprehensive, but it's what we'll be covering today. There are several benefits to filling your mind and heart with the Scriptures. The first benefit of filling your life with the Scriptures that I want to talk about today is wisdom. All of us need God's wisdom. The wisdom of God is wisdom from a being with infinite knowledge. There's no higher level of wisdom than the wisdom of God. And without God's wisdom, we won't be equipped to live how God wants us to live or have the knowledge that we need in order to follow him. The Bible speaks quite highly of the value of wisdom. Proverbs, 13, Proverbs 3, verses 13 and 18 says, Blessed is the one who finds wisdom, and the one who gets understanding. For the gain of her is better than the gain of silver, and her profit is better than gold. She is more precious than jewels, and nothing you desire can compare with her. Long life is in her right hand, and in her left hand are riches and honor. Her ways are the ways of pleasantness, and all her paths are peace. She is a tree of life to those who lay hold of her. Those who hold her fast are called blessed. Likewise, in Proverbs 8, 10, and 11, Solomon, speaking as wisdom personified, says, Take my instruction instead of silver, and knowledge rather than choice gold. For wisdom is better than jewels, and all that you may desire cannot compare with her. God's wisdom is of extreme value because it causes us to see things from God's perspective. True wisdom can and should be defined as the ability to see life from God's perspective. God's perspective causes life to make sense. There's so much that goes on in life that can't be understood or explained from a mere human perspective, but God's perspective helps us to see, at least in part, why things happen, why pain exists, why death exists, and why God allows sin. The perspective of God equips us to live life as Christians effectively and productively. The perspective of God also helps us to have peace. It helps us to see his hand in everything and to trust him. If we live life from God's perspective, it'll help us to have calmness and peace even in tough circumstance. God's perspective also gives us the ability to make wise choices, choices that will benefit us and others most in the long run. God's perspective equips us to make the best choices we can make. God's perspective also causes us to have the right priorities in life. When we see life from God's perspective, we'll know what's more important, what's less important, and what's most important. It causes us to think straight and to see straight. But I think the biggest benefit of having God's perspective is that it causes us to have closer fellowship with him. It's hard to, have, it's hard to be close to someone that you can't see eye to eye with. When you truly see things from another person's perspective, it makes it easier to be close to them. And seeing things from God's perspective definitely helps us to draw closer to him. 
And at the end of the day, we just need to see things from God's perspective because his perspective is the only correct perspective to have. The next benefit from filling our lives with the scriptures that I want to talk about is empowerment. God's word empowers us to be and to live sanctified. When we interact with God's word, the Holy Spirit uses it to renew our minds and to impact our hearts. Hebrews 4, 11, and 12 says, For the word of God is living and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the division of the soul and the spirit and the joints and marrow, and is a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. God sanctifies us through the three means of grace, his word, his spirit, and his church. And his spirit works through his word in our hearts to convict us and to change us and to motivate us. He writes his law in our hearts, but that process can't happen apart from us digesting the scriptures. As we interact with the scriptures, God's the one that does the work of sanctifying us through them, but if we don't read them, we'll be lacking in his sanctification. As we go deeper into God's word, it'll change us. It'll change us because it's powerful and because it's active and the Holy Spirit uses it too. What I want to get across is that God's word does more than equip you by giving you the knowledge to know how to live life um, the way God wants you to. It literally has a supernatural effect on your heart as you interact with it. And without that supernatural power working on your heart, you can't expect to grow as God wants you to. Just to know God's word isn't enough. Even if, in theory, you knew God's word as well as you needed to, which none of us do, you still would need to read it and meditate on it daily because we have the need of the supernatural effect that it has on our hearts. We need it like we need bread and like we need food. You can't live on pizza alone. I tried. (laughs) Hot pockets didn't work either. But we need every word that comes out of the mouth of God. We need it because it sustains us and it gives us nutrients to grow spiritually. Another benefit of God's word that I want to talk about or of filling our life with scripture is success. We need to look at what it means in the context of the entire scriptures, but God's word does say that filling your heart and mind with the scriptures and basing your life on them will lead to success. In Joshua chapter 1, uh, right before Joshua is about to start to lead the people of Israel into the promised land, God says to Joshua, Only be strong and very courageous, being careful to do according to all the law that Moses, my servant, commanded you. Do not turn from it to the right hand or to the left, that you may have good success wherever you go. This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate on it day and night, so that you may be careful to do according to all that is written in it. For then you will make your way prosperous, and then you will have good success. The simple definition of success is achieving the goal that you set out to achieve. 
but biblical success is achieving what's most worth achieving in life. If a person fills their mind and heart with God's word and builds their life on it, they'll be able to achieve what God wants them to achieve, which is the only thing that's actually important, whether or not a person achieves in their life. Now I want to get into five important ways that we digest the scriptures and that we need to digest the scriptures. Those ways are reading, meditating, searching, and studying. The main way that we digest the scriptures is by reading them. If you want to know God's word, you should read it. You can use all the other methods that I'm going to talk about, but if you never read the scriptures, like read the entire thing, you just won't understand the scriptures like you should. And you can guarantee that if you don't read the whole thing, you can't understand it like a Christian should. We have this insane idea in America that you don't need to read the entire Bible, and that's outright ridiculous. To say that you can know the Bible the way that a Christian should and yet not read the entire thing is as ridiculous as saying that you really know Star Wars even though you've only seen certain clips of certain movies. <laughs> if I told you that I'm a Star Wars fan and I know the series really well because I grew up around it and I've known it ever since I was a kid, He'd be like, okay, which one's your favorite? I'd be like, I don't know. I've only seen a few of them. I only watched certain clips of certain ones now and then. And you'd think, you don't know Star Wars. You've only seen a few. You don't even know the overarching plot. <laughs> but that's how the church in America thinks about the Bible. If you haven't read the whole Bible, you have to get it in your head that you can't possibly know it as a Christian should. And you don't have the right to think that you know the Bible well if you haven't read the whole thing. If you haven't read the whole Bible, I would advise you to make it your goal in 2020 to do so. It definitely isn't too late to get started. Not only should we read the entire Bible, but we should do so multiple times. As Christians, it should be our goal to get to know the scriptures intimately well. The scriptures are the mind of God in readable form. I really want to make this point clear. To not want to intimately know the scriptures is to not want to intimately know the mind of God. It's to not care about intimately knowing God. And this is something we all struggle with. I definitely struggle with it. Um, I rarely desire to read the Bible like I should. But that's something we need to come to God for grace for. It's something we need to come to God in prayer for empowerment for. And if we come to God in prayer, he'll give us the empowerment as we seek him to desire to read the scriptures. And if we really want to know the scriptures intimately well, we should read them multiple times. Read the entire Bible multiple times. If you really wanted to know a movie well, you would watch it multiple times. And if you only watch it once, you probably didn't catch everything. There could be plot points that weren't clear, foreshadowing that you missed, or Easter eggs you didn't see. 
And the reason it's so important to read through the Bible multiple times is because each time you can see it differently than you did the time before. The second time you see a movie, you often see things that you didn't see the last time you saw it. If you read through the Bible multiple times, you will find things that you didn't see the first time you read it through. You can count on it that you'll see new things the first few times you read it through. For a lot of people, they keep seeing things they didn't see even on to like their hundredth time through. A good reminder of this is a story Greg told me about one day he was in his car reading the book of Matthew, and he had probably read it about a hundred times before, but it suddenly hit him that the plot the main point of Matthew is Christ's covenant lawsuit against Jerusalem. So even if you've read a book of the Bible like a hundred times, God, it's so deep and rich and complex that God still has more that he can show you in it. But don't think that you need to read it a hundred times before you get insights that you didn't see before. You'll get plenty of those on the second, third, and fourth time through and so on. I think it's actually especially easy to get new insights on your first five times through the Bible. But once you get past those, you're just starting to get to the good part. Because after the first five to ten times is when you start to become really familiar with it as a whole, which will change the way you relate to it, and it'll change the way you relate to life. And that's a place every Christian needs to get to. Now, talking about the practical side of it, if you want to read through the Bible multiple times, you should have a plan. You may not necessarily need a plan, per se, but you'll be a lot more effective with one than you will without one. You can make your own Bible reading plan, you can use someone else's, or you can modify someone else's. I think it's a good idea to have a Bible in a year plan, um, just because we should keep on reading the Bible multiple times throughout the year. The next form of digesting the scriptures that I want to talk about is meditating on them. First off, I want to clarify what I mean by meditating on the scriptures. In this sermon, when I say meditating on the scriptures, I mean to think deeply about them. In Paul's second letter to Timothy, he's giving Timothy several analogies about the Christian life. And he says this, No soldier gets entangled in civilian pursuits since his aim is to please the one who enlisted him. An athlete is not crowned unless he competes according to the rules. It is the hard-working farmer who ought to have the first share of the crops. Think over what I say, for the Lord will give you understanding in everything. I want to focus on that last verse. Paul said, think over to what I say, for the Lord will give you understanding in everything. God doesn't just give us instant understanding of everything in his word. Sometimes we have to think deeply about what the scriptures say, and as we do, the Holy Spirit will give us understanding. Taking time to really think about the scriptures, what they mean, and what implications they have, has several benefits. 
For one, it helps us to understand them deeper. The scriptures are simple and yet complex. They're simple in the sense that anyone can understand them. David said in the Psalms, God's word gives understanding to the simple-minded. But since God is infinite, his word is still deep and complex. And so there are some things that we will only be able to come to understand by thinking deeply about them and allowing the Holy Spirit to give us understanding into them as we do. Also, as we meditate on the scriptures, it helps to build them deeper into our hearts. Our hearts and minds are deeply connected, and how we think and what we dwell on has a big effect on our character and the way we feel about things. Dwelling on God's word, like really thinking over, helps, it to build, helps us to build it deeper into our hearts. Anyone can be good at thinking over the scriptures, but in order to do well at thinking over the scriptures, there's a few principles that you need to build into your thinking. First, you need to understand that scripture interprets scripture. When we read the scriptures, we develop an interpretation of them. But if our interpretation of a certain passage contradicts the clear meaning of another passage, then our interpretation of that passage must be wrong since God's word doesn't contradict itself. When we read the scriptures, it should remain at the forefront of our minds that God never contradicts himself. Therefore, his word doesn't either. And because of that, we can and should use the clear passages of scripture to interpret the ones that are less clear. And that's the first principle of good hermeneutical thinking. The second principle that I want to mention is that we have to consider the context of a passage when interpreting its meaning. When you read a verse, you need to interpret it in the context of the chapter. And when you read a chapter, you need to interpret it in the context of the book that it's in. Let's look at an example of this. A lot of people don't interpret Isaiah 55 verses 8 and 9 correctly. Let's read it real quick. Isaiah 55 8 and 9. For my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are my ways your ways, declares the Lord. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts higher than your thoughts. A lot of people interpret that to mean that God thinks higher than us, and that's why we should trust him. And that's definitely true, but that's not the main point of these verses. And you can tell that it's not the main point by looking at the context of these verses within the chapter. Let's look at the verse that comes directly before it. In the beginning of verse 7, the verse just before it, it says, Let the wicked forsake his way, and the unrighteous man his thoughts. But then, right after that in verse 8, it says, For my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are my ways your ways. And if you look at the verse and the context of the verse next to it, it makes it clear that God is rebuking Israel because their ways are different from his ways and their thoughts are different from his thoughts. And they should have been thinking after God's thoughts and following his ways. But, the only, uh, but that's only clear if you look at the verse within its context. We have to interpret scripture in the context of where it's in, in the Bible. 
The next form of digesting the scriptures that I want to talk about is memorization. David talks about the usefulness of memorization in Psalm 119 when he says, I have stored up your word in my heart that I might not sin against you. Memorizing scripture is useful for several reasons. For one, it prepares you for situations when you need it. There's all kinds of situations when you need to be able to recall certain scriptures. A very common one is dealing with temptations. Some days, strong temptations just quickly come up. And when they do, it can make a big difference to immediately respond with the power of Scripture. That's how Jesus responded when he was being tempted by Satan in the wilderness. There are Scriptures that you can memorize that will prepare you for all kinds of temptations that you could face. There's Scriptures for discouragement. There's Scriptures for anger. There's Scriptures for laziness. There's Scriptures for lust. For any type of temptation that you might face throughout the day, there are scriptures that can be used for it. And memorizing them will help you to prepare to face those temptations. Another common situation where you might need to recall scriptures instantly is while ministering to others. You might be evangelizing, you might be giving someone advice, you might be teaching or discipling, but if you're doing these things without having scriptures stored up in your heart and mind, you won't be doing them as effectively as you should. There's definitely more to being able to minister to people than just having scripture memorized, but how much scripture you have memorized will make a big difference in how effective you are when ministering to people, and especially when evangelizing. Now I want to briefly talk about some strategies for memorizing scripture. First of all, no matter what you want to memorize, you should set goals for it. Uh, you should set a goal for what you want to have memorized, when you want to have it memorized by, how much time you want to spend on it, and how you plan on memorizing it. If you're trying to memorize certain verses, you should have them within quick access. So I recommend either writing them on index cards and keeping those index cards like in the inside of your windshield, on your car, on your mirror, on your fridge, places you'll see them all the time, and keeping them with you on your person, because that way when you get spare time, you can spend it working on memorizing the verses better. It's also helpful to keep them on your phone, and if you want to use your phone to help you memorize scripture, there's an app called Fighter Verses by the Desiring God Foundation. Not only will the app help you to memorize scripture, but if you just don't know where to start, they've picked out verses by category that you can start out with. And on top of that, they have scheduled verses to follow and other tools to help you memorize. So that might be worth checking out. What was it called again? Uh, fighter verses. Fighter? Yeah. Fighter? Yep. I know Daniel likes it. All right, the next method I want to talk about for digesting the scriptures is what I call searching the scriptures. Searching the scriptures involves coming to the scriptures with a question or looking to find out what God's word says as a whole about a question or a topic. Searching the scriptures is a super fruitful way to interact with them and to digest them. But for it to be really fruitful, 
you have to learn to ask the right questions. But before we get into that, I want to mention this. In order to be really effective at searching the scriptures, it really helps to have read through them multiple times. Anyone can and should search the scriptures with questions seeking to know what the scriptures say about something. But if you want to be good at it, it really helps to be familiar with the scriptures. Being familiar with the Bible when you're searching for answers in it makes a bigger difference like nothing else does. Reading through the Bible here first five times is like getting ready to know God. God is so fast that by the time you've read the Bible through five times, you're just beginning to get ready to begin to know God. But it equips you to be able to find him and seek him deeper. Once you've read through the Bible five times, it's not when you're done, you're just beginning to get to know God. All right, now let's get into some helpful ideas on how to search the scriptures with good questions. Number one, I think it's helpful to ask questions like, what does the Bible as a whole say about this topic or that topic? As an example, you might ask, what does the Bible as a whole say about money and finances? If you just asked that, you asked an excellent question. What does the Bible say about money? How can you find out? This is what I do when I have a question like this. You should get a Word doc or a piece of paper and keep it with you because we'll be using it a lot. And next, list all the verses that come to mind about that topic. Doing this is a good chance to exercise uh, your memory and familiarity with the scripture. After you've listed all the verses that come to mind about that subject, go to BibleGateway.com and do a word search for words relevant to that subject or topic. Add verses that you think are relevant to the list that you have. After you've made your list of verses, read through each one and write down a bullet point for any instructions, principles, or concepts that you see in the verse regarding that topic. For each bullet point, also note the references of the verses that show that point. And keep doing that until you're finished. By the end of it, you should have a document with a bullet list that briefly summarizes what the scriptures as a whole teach about that subject. And after you have that document, read it over a few times. You should keep it on your laptop or in Google Drive or in a binder so that you can come back to it and review it from time to time. And also be sure to update it as you get new insights. This will help you to know the scriptures a lot more. This is one of the things that have been most fruitful in my life with helping me get to know the scriptures. And if you haven't tried this, I really recommend it. This just really helps you to understand what the Bible says and what the Bible's about when it comes to um, like each area of life, which is how a good way to really get to know the scriptures deeper. I was talking with Adam yesterday about it, and he was telling me he recently started doing this, and it's been extremely helpful to him. I really think that this is one of the best ways to get to know the scriptures. You can tell that it's helped Greg a lot because he has all these lists like eight essential elements of the biblical gospel or, <laughs> or eight aspects of all biblical covenants or 12 of this and five of that. And you get to know like what the scriptures say as a whole and to have it summarized and be able to access that summary, that's just really helpful. 
I really can't emphasize enough how helpful I think that is. The last method of learning the scriptures that I want to talk about is studying. Studying could mean a lot of things, but to be clear, what I'm talking about here is studying by using tools and resources outside of the scriptures to help you understand the scriptures better. Good tools and resources have the ability not only to help you know the Bible better, but in some instances, they can lead you to have some insights that you just couldn't get otherwise. For example, we have some really good English translations available to us, but sometimes due to the fact that the Greek and Hebrew, Hebrew can be such rich and deep languages, sometimes it can be hard to get the fullness of what a passage or word means without looking at uh, the original Hebrew or Greek words. Don't go thinking you need to learn Greek or Hebrew to know the Bible or to get the sense of what a passage means. You can do that pretty well with English, but sometimes to get a deeper sense of what it means, it can be helpful to look it up in the Greek or the Hebrew. There's a few specific tools and resources I want to talk about that you should be familiar with. The first one is Bible commentaries. A Bible commentary, like the name implies, is a commentary on the Bible. <laughs> it is a scholar's collective thoughts on each chapter of each book. It's common for Bible commentaries to be several volumes long. Good Bible commentaries are written by people who have studied the Bible for decades. Bible commentaries can be useful in several ways. Sometimes when you read a passage, it's a little confusing or you're not quite sure what it means. When that happens, it can be really useful to look up that passage in a Bible commentary, and it can help clarify it on what you didn't understand about it. Not only that, but if you just read through a good Bible commentary along with your regular reading, it can really help you to get a lot of insights that you wouldn't otherwise get. Bible commentaries can be particularly useful for helping you to see insights of people who have already studied the Bible for years and years and years. The next resource I want to talk about is called Blue Letter Bible. If you don't know what Blue Letter Bible is, it's a website that has various Bible study tools and that's particularly useful for looking up um, words in the original Greek and Hebrew. It's a great resource, it's free, it's helpful, and it's easy to use. And I even have a short video on how to use it, so I'm going to play it real quick. All right, this is a quick video on how to use Blue Letter Bible. Blue Letter Bible is a very helpful website uh, that uh, has various Bible study tools, but it's particularly helpful for looking up uh, Greek words and Hebrew words to help you understand the meaning of passages better. So I'm going to do a quick demonstration of how to use it. So first, you uh, open your web browser and go to blueletterbible.org. Once you get there and you have a passage you want to search, uh, you can pick a translation to search. I'm going to pick the ESV and then search John 1. And then it'll pull up uh, John 1 with all the verses and everything. And we're just going to click on John 1 1 to take a deeper look at it. So once you click on a verse, um, 
right here it'll show you the Greek words or the Hebrew words and on the left side it'll show you the English words so for example um, the English words the word come from the Greek word or were translated from the Greek word lagos if we want to learn more about the Greek word lagos we can click on this number right here and this will take us to the page for uh, Strong's G3056, which is from uh, Strong's Concordance and Lexicon, which um, is a book that will help you learn Greek words. So here it'll tell you the transliteration, which is how we would pronounce it in English. You can see how it's spelled in Greek or Hebrew. Uh, you can click on the pronunciation button and someone will pronounce it. Let's do that. Strong's G 3056. Lagos. It is. Lagos. It's pronounced Lagos, as you can tell. Um, if you scroll down the page, it will give you the outline of biblical usage, like how it's used throughout the Bible. Um, you can tell the word Lagos is used in various ways throughout the Bible. It will give you the Strong's Dictionary definition as well as definitions from other resources. And it'll, down here at the bottom of the page, it'll tell you where that word is used throughout the scriptures, which can be really helpful um, for cross-referencing. So just to get a sense of it, let's, um, let's do it with one more. Let's go to Genesis 1. Let's look up a Hebrew word. Uh, let's just click on Genesis 1.1. So you can tell in Genesis 1.1, in the beginning, is translated from this word, Ureshith. Um, that might not actually be how you pronounce it, but we can always hit the pronounce button. Strong's H, 7225. Reshith. Reshith. Second entry. Reshith. Reshith. And then we can click on the Strong's H7225 to take us to the page for this specific Hebrew word. We can look at the outline of biblical usage. We can look at a definition or a few definitions of it. And we can see where else it's used in Scripture. So this is how you use Blue Letter Bible to look up Greek and Hebrew words. After the first time of clicking on the pronunciation button, I learned you don't interrupt that guy while he's pronouncing. <laughs> but Blue Letter Bible can be a really useful tool for looking up words in the Hebrew and the Greek. And I just want it to be clear that you shouldn't think that you have to be a pastor to look up Hebrew or Greek words. Anyone can do it, and it's not difficult. So before I wrap up today's sermon, the last thing I want to talk about is setting Bible study goals. I hope we all thought it was useful uh, to think about various types of digesting the scriptures, but none of it's really useful for anything if we don't actually do something about it. And it might be the end of January, but it's definitely not too late to set uh, Bible study goals for 2020 or to start a new Bible reading plan. 
So if you haven't read the entire Bible before, I would highly encourage you to set the goal of reading it this year. And if you have read the entire Bible before, I would encourage you to read uh, the entire Bible again this year in order to equip yourself to get to know God more. And if you've read it a few times, I would encourage you to not only keep reading it, but to set some goals for searching and studying and memorizing and really getting to know it deeper. So I recommend you would set aside some time later today or this week, maybe 20 minutes, maybe an hour or two, to think and pray and to really write out some practical, realistic, tangible goals, concrete goals for this year if you haven't done so already. That being said, let's close in prayer. Dear Lord, we thank you for this time to come to hear about your word, uh, to be equipped to interact with your word deeper and to get to know it better. We thank you for your grace. We pray that you would give us grace and empowerment to know your scriptures deeper, to really study them better, and especially to hunger more for them in 2020. We pray that as a church, you would help us to really hunger more for your word this year and to um, really pursue getting to know it. We pray that you would really fill us with a clear understanding of your word and um, with the overarching themes and uh, concepts of it. We pray that you would help us to encourage each other and hold each other accountable. We thank you for your grace, and amen. So, if you haven't read the whole thing, the most important goal you can set is to read the whole Bible, and you should have, it's really helpful to have like a timeline and a Bible reading plan for that, like when you're going to read each book, and there's all kinds of resources you can find on the internet for that, and if you don't find any you like or you don't know where to find them, you can always come to me or Daniel or Greg, and we'll help you find some, but you should... It's also really good to set um, goals for just getting to know it deeper, like memorizing, studying. Uh, it's good to set some goals for reading Christian books that will help you study better. We have a lot of books on the foundational list that will really um, affect your paradigms of reading the scriptures. And paradigms is something I didn't really get into at all. But having the right paradigms when reading the scripture might make more of a difference than anything second to like having the Holy Spirit when it comes to reading the scriptures. <laughs> um, so I would set goals for reading the scriptures, goals for reading books off the foundation or list to help you have the paradigms to understand the main points of the scripture, especially because in America today, uh, we tend to have paradigms that are the wrong paradigms about the scriptures that are more influenced by our modern American view than are influenced by the scriptures themselves. So I would set some goals for reading um, the scriptures, reading books that will help you have good paradigms for the scriptures. I think it's really helpful to set uh, goals for memorizing. My problem when I set goals for memorizing is that I don't know where to start, but like I said, fighter verses will help you know where to get started, so I recommend that. And, um, and I would really advise you to set goals for searching the scriptures. Like, um, it's just a great way to study them. 
But when you set goals, they should be tangible. You should know what it is. It should be like concrete and written out. You should make steps of how you plan to get there, and you should have a date of when you want to get it done by. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Another thing with setting goals that help, I think is very helpful is, is talking over with uh, you know some brothers that are of good reputation and have a leadership team, and uh, it's kind of like we're all talking over with them and see if, if they think it's realistic. <clears throat> and also for accountability, and like especially if you live in a singles household, you should talk over your goals with those in your household because they can help you know if it's realistic and they'll really be able to help with accountability. Deanna. Oh, I did, yeah. Oh. So I posted a photo on Facebook um, so there was an organization that did some studies and they recorded statistically on average how long it takes a person to read through each book of the Bible and they recorded it in hours and minutes. So it kind of gets you a sense of like, is Psalms the longest book of the Bible? It's 150 chapters, but Genesis, it takes people about 16 hours to read on average, I think it was, I might be wrong about that. And Psalms is like 15 hours, because you know some chapters are longer than others. But it can really help with your Bible study goals to know ahead of time roughly how long it's going to take you to get through a certain book. And there's resources like that available on the internet if you just Google them. What about things like uh, listening to audio sermons and certain videos, things like that? What kind of context would those be? Um, can you explain what you mean a bit more by what kind of context would those be helpful in? Sermon series is through books or certain topics. Um, I've seen videos of how to interpret passages of the Bible or at least bring out the ideas of scripture. Well, the way I see it, a good sermon should be able to be useful in like all kinds of contexts, but there's definitely several good sermons and podcasts for how to interpret the scriptures and how to have good hermeneutical thinking and about um, that'll help you get your paradigms better developed. And I would recommend listening, uh, especially like if you drive a lot, Sydney does a really good job at this because he drives like two hours a day, but there's a lot of time that you have to take advantage of for sermons and audiobooks and audio listening to the Bible that we don't even think about.
All right, if no one else has any questions, uh, you're dismissed.